Good morning. This is Debbie Montgomery Johnson, and this show, Defining, Defining Moments, this is not Defining Moments. That was my other show. This is Stand Up and Speak Up. It's about each and every one of us being able to stand up and speak up. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we may be ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from others and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. While it may hurt to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perceptions about your circumstances. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary struggles and found the courage to step out behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and shame and to putting an end to victimization. Let's stand up and become the victor, not the victim. Let's be awesome, not angry, and let's acknowledge what happened and forgive ourselves first and then move on with power. Well, hello everybody. It is sometime in some place, and it's funny with this coronavirus and everybody sheltered at home, we tend to forget what day it is, but I know today's Thursday because we do our show on Thursdays, and I'm so excited to be here today because I have a guest, a friend of mine from Canada, and her name is Barbara Ellison, and Barbara and I have some exciting things to talk about because she actually did a personality assessment of me, and it was dead on. But before we do that, I want to welcome Barbara to our show and say hi from South Florida to Canada. You there? Well, I'm I am here. I am originally Canadian. However, I do live near Chicago now. <laughs> oh, there you go. So you didn't need the Canadian but, number. I, you know, and I am just. Um, got married right. for my from my first husband and we moved here and love it but I'm still Canadian I there have been times in the past where I was like oh people have said to me well, do you, you know you've lived here you know your kids are here you're not going to go and I'm like yeah no I'm Canadian so I have a, I'm an alien so I get teased constantly because I have a green card um, and I am an alien resident so I well, it's, about it's that. funny because I can hear it in your I can hear it in your voice. There are some things that my Canadian friends say, mm-hmm. and it's usually the word "out." <laughs> the out and about. The out and about, and certain names. Certain names. There yeah. you go. Well, I have a I have a short bio for you, and I'm going to read it to everybody so they hear it. It says, "As a woman who has been divorced, widowed, bankrupted, and a PTSD survivor." Barbara Ellison knows the value of happiness. Barbara is a certified personality science trainer, a master facilitator, supports the Patreon project, and she's a member of the World Happiness Foundation and a happiness coach. She's on a mission to elevate the world happiness statistics, making family and business connections, communication, and having fun be the norm, not the exception. Boy, do we need that today. Yeah, and that is absolutely the truth. And one, and I'm going to share one startling statistic with you. And where all, and kind of this, kind of the umbrella right now, a little bit of the direction that I'm going forward, is that 
3,000 teenagers attempt suicide every day in this country. Uh, that actually that doesn't surprise me right now because I that, worked with a 211 helpline. And in this environment, yeah. that's huge. So give us a little bit of insight about that right now and what's going on in their minds. or what, Are they not happy? Is it not a matter of happiness? Well, some of, it, some of it is that they don't know how to be happy. And you're like some of the research that I've done, the, what they're saying is that they don't feel like they're being heard. They don't feel like they are being accepted for who they are. And they don't feel like they, that they have value with it, that they're different in the family. And when I started reading that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, I can relate to that. Because in, our, in the personality codes, which we're going to talk about a little bit, um, I came from a, what we call a blueprint family, a very traditional kind of inside the box. We were very structured. Like my mom did certain things on certain, certain days. And I mean, part of that was environment and the way she was brought up. Absolutely. I was the odd dog. Just never felt like I was quite part of the group. And never knew why, of course. I just always knew that I was just slightly different. And then when I got into personality science several years ago, and I did, my enti- I did all my sisters, and my one sister finally said to me, she said, oh, she said, this really makes sense. She said, you know, Barb, you always were slightly different than the rest of us <laughs> because I was totally the opposite personality code of in in the bank code and it was like oh that's why i was just, i was the nurturer action type of person which we're going to be talking about so it was just it was just fun to hear it from my oldest sister <laughs> where where are you in the uh, in the lineup in kids and siblings i'm i'm, I'm number 3 i'm number, number three. 3 of four girls of four oh. girls and just, yeah, so it was just really different. Uh, you know, and yet at the time, I mean, you, you adapt because you're part of your family. But that little is what's happening now, but so much more because you're adding in bullying. You're adding in the fact that you are stuck, at, that you're stuck at home, so there's no break, the social media pressure. Of to conform to you know to be a certain way to be popular, all of those things. Um, I think that adds to all the pressure that are on the teenagers. And the biggest group is the 10 to 24 year olds. I can't imagine a 10 year old even knowing what the word suicide means, and yet they have. It's because getting younger and younger. It's it, unfortunate. Do you think part of it's because they're you know, we feel, we feel like we're connected, you know, worldwide here, Europe and Chicago. I'm mm-hmm. in Florida, and we're connected mm-hmm. via the internet, via connected on phones, but we're not mm-hmm. really connected in person. Does no, that have any exactly. any? That's got to yeah, have a bearing on so. it. I I think that is too too uh, very true too, because part of being in person is personality. <laughs> You know, and one of the things that I share with people is that there's over 7 billion people on the planet. There's over 6,500 languages 
However, there is four basic personality types. And, you know, and I think everybody, I mean, you and I, talk, you and I have talked about it. There are so many personality um, evaluations, assessments. There's DISC, and there's several different kinds of DISC. There is uh, Briggs, uh, Myers-Briggs. There's the Strength Finders. You know, there's the one with the animals, and there's the one with the, the, um, the like the water and the elements of the, so they're all personality codes because personality has been around for 2,500 years. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was back in Hippocrates was the one that first, and he, but he called them the four temperaments. And so, you know, he's the one that developed the Hippocratic Oath, the father of modern medicine. And so it's been around for so many years. And people over the years have developed. And one of the things, last, in fact, last week I had the privilege of doing a presentation to a meetup group. And we were talking about the, that there are four learning styles, you know, the auditory, visual, those kinds of things. There's four, four stages of learning, and there's four personality codes. You know, there's 24 different combinations, absolutely, because we are a bit of each one of the codes. You're one of each one of the personality styles, but there are the basic ones mm-hmm. that we tend to be predominantly one, one dominant one. And but so what happens is, so say you have a family that you know three or four of them. You have a, say you have a family of four, and three of them are one personality code, and the other one is the odd duck. Okay, if you if you don't if there's no way to connect, it's like. How often have we, and I can and I can remember saying this as a parent, and I it, I cringe when I think back to being a parent, um, because my youngest son was totally a blueprint family, very traditional. He like and which I'm we're going to talk about the different how to recognize them. I I was the spontaneous one. Well, blueprint ones they like plans, and they don't like to have their plans changed. So mm-hmm. consequently, it's like Malcolm. What's wrong with you? <laughs> because mm. let's just let's just go do this. And he just didn't really he just didn't react to that well. And now that I know that about him, oh, it has totally changed our 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 relationship because now mm. we plan I plan things with him way in advance, give him lots of notice, he clears his schedule for me. So consequently, my quality time with him is so much more effective than it ever was before. When I would spring things on him. Interesting. Well, you know what? This is really, if I know what you're talking about, let's jump right into it and tell us what the bank code is and how you okay. got into it. And the assessment, now there is a free assessment oh. that I, you can go to. Go ahead and tell them to do that. Maybe they can do that while we're talking. Oh, while we're talking, yes. Go to the free assessment and it's the bit.ly, so it's a bit.ly forward slash barb code and the barb has a capital b and so when you go into that free it's a free assessment it will say that you know it's a 97 dollar value which it is and even that is really cheap to have a, a personality assessment done a lot of the companies charge a lot more and they take so much more time this one is going to take you less than two minutes probably 90 seconds or less and I found anyway, that there's, so, a t- there's a tab on the right-hand side that says uh, crack, oh, shoot, the code. crack the code. Yeah, click on crack the code. 
crack your code, and then you're going to, so, and what you're going to do is you're going to read the information on each one of the cards. There's four colored cards. You're going to read the information, and then you are going to put it, put those cards into the order, your order of choice with the one that is the most like you on the left or the top, however, whichever way your, your screen is, and then to the least on the right or on the bottom. And so you're, the one, two, three, and four is that, and they're, they're, um, they're, they, they move. So just put them in the right order. And then you're going to put in your information. And once you put in your information and hit submit, you're going to get a free report. And that usually comes, oh, within a couple of very, very short time. Very yeah, short mine time. Came, mine came pretty quickly. Yeah, it's pretty quick. And it will come right away, and then it will tell you what your bank code is and why we call it bank. The bank stands for blueprint, which we're going to talk about. The A is the action, is the action personality. The N is for nurturing, and the K is for knowledge. So what I'm going to do right now is just tell you a little bit about each one of the codes, and then you, as, you're, as you're hearing them, you might be saying, oh, yeah, that's me. Or you're going to be saying, oh, yeah, that's, so, that's somebody else in your family. So the blueprint people, they value structure and following the rules and planning. Uh, they like discounts, and they like making lists. They don't like clutter, and they don't like being late. <laughs> and blueprint people, they tend to become teachers. They become accountants. They become uh, police officers. And a clue that you could tell how to recognize a blueprint in somebody, something else, in somebody else, is that they tend to be very conservative. They drive economy cars with high safety ratings because it's all about safety. And uh, something, a relationship tip for a blueprint person is to plan things well in advance. That's what they like. Okay, so that's blueprint. And they, we talk about them as being in the, inside the box. You know, they're traditional, and they, and they like it, and that's, we need the traditionals. But then you have the action people. They are the ones that are absolutely outside of the box because they like they value spontaneity and they want to have fun and they like to win. Um, they like you know having designer brands and they like to be recognized. Uh, Is this you? They don't well, a little bit. That's my second code. Absolutely. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's my second code. It's high. It's the second code. Um, but they don't like schedules. And they definitely don't have like having a boss. Uh, they tend to become salespeople, speakers, <laughs> you know, speakers, entrepreneurs, uh, because that's you know they're, they're the most fun. They're, they're the Steve Jobses of the world. They tend yeah. to be visionaries. Um, and a clue to recognize them is that they're most of, lots of times they're fashionably late, and they like flashy bling kinds of things. And so a tip to, a tip to be in relationship with an action person is be prepared to do something at the last minute. <laughs> Just put on your shoes and go. That's what they like. Okay. So then you get the nurturers. And the nurturers, we value being part of a community. We want people that are authentic, that, that can live in harmony with each other. 
Um, we like eye contact, and we love being out in nature and having fresh flowers around us. We don't like feeling left out, and we definitely don't like doing the wrong thing. We tend to be nurses, caregivers. We work uh, with uh, nonprofits. And a clue to recognize nurturers is that they love to give hugs. <laughs> and they're always so helpful. And a tip, to re- a tip to deal with a nurturing style is to remember big, event, big, big events like the anniversaries and the birthdays because it, it, they, they want to be part of a team. And that's, that's my main, my big personality code is that I am a nurturer. I want everybody to, be, to get along. I want to bring everybody together. I want to make a difference in the world. <laughs> That's that why we connect so well. <laughs> That's why we connect so well. Exactly. You know, because you, t- you tend to gravitate to the people that are like you. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, you can't only be with the people that are like you. Well, because let's you get have through to the last with... one, and then we'll decide, you know, you know in, in marriage, too, what, what we did. In marriage, too. In marriage, too. Okay. So the fourth one, they are the knowledge people. And they value science and logic and technology. Um, and they love charts and gra- graphs and maps and the latest gadgets. What they don't like is they don't like drama, they don't like networking, and they don't like people who take shortcuts. They tend to be engineers, scientists, programmers, um, and a clue to recognize them is they tend to drive high-performance or electric cars. They're a bit of a wallflower, tend to be quiet, and they But a tip with, for, to deal with them is to find something that you can do together and learn something new together. And that's how you can connect with them. So like, the, like we talked about the box analogy, okay, the blueprints, they're the ones that are inside the box. The action people, they're the ones that are outside of the box. The nurturers, we want to recycle the box. <laughs> but the engineer, the, the knowledge people, they want to know how the, engineer, how the box was engineered. Mm. Very interesting. So right, and, and I- I'm just laughing as I think of myself and people that are in my circle right now and where they fit. And it really it gives you an idea of, you know, we're going to learn how, to, how do you communicate with them, how do you deal with them. But it just made me laugh because yeah. so many people come to mind. Oh, can I, well, can I share you? This is a fun story from my husband and I. Uh, sure. before, you know, he, passed, he passed away, but when we, were first, when we first got married, we were going on a trip. We had, we had talked about that we were going to fly into LA, into L.A., and we were going to drive across the desert, because he had never done that, and arrive in Las Vegas at night so that he could see the full panorama of Las Vegas at night. You know, so this was the trip. And that was the, kind of what we were talking about. Anyway, so I came home one day, and I said, Honey, what are you doing? He was sitting on the floor in our living room, surrounded by maps and atlases. And I said, honey, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm planning our trip. And I'm like, what trip? Thinking he's taking me somewhere this weekend. He went, 
the trip we're going on, you know, the one that we're going to fly into L.A., and we're going to drive across the desert, and we're going to, you know, get to Las Vegas at night. And I went, David, we're doing that in November. This is August. What are you doing? <laughs> it's never too early. <laughs> the, fun, the funny part was that he looked up at me in total seriousness. Because remember, he's sitting on the floor. He looks up at me and he said, well, honey, when are you going to decide the route that we are going to take when we go from LA, to get from L.A. to Las Vegas? I said, David, when I get in the rental car in L.A. <laughs> you drive me crazy. <laughs> Funny. You know, right, exactly, exactly, and that's what happens to people. So that was a funny instance, and we laughed about that every time we went on a trip. We laughed about that because it became just such a fun memory. And up and uh, you know, just for years and years and years, and we were we were together twenty years before he passed away. So for all those years, we laughed about that because it became funny. But you know what? Do you think that that scenario played out in other parts of our marriage? Well, I'm just thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, to have a bank code assessment when, before you get married would be a really interesting thing and probably something that all marriage counselors ought to be giving. You know, not to, to, not to keep you from, from going to that person, but just to make you aware of that's the way they are. Um, right, because how often have we heard in marriages that for the first, you know, three, four, five years, everything was hunky-dory, you know, because everybody was on their best behavior and everybody was, you know, trying to be the best for the, the and all of us, you know, they, what they call it, the seven-year seven year itch. Seven-year itch, all yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden, the very thing that attracted me to that to that person is the very thing that's driving me around the bend. You know, like for the blueprint, say so. If a, say a blueprint is married to an action person, the action person is saying to the blueprint, "You are so boring. Why can't we do something spontaneous?" My husband was a knowledge blueprint. I yeah. am an action. I am a knowledge. Uh, uh, I'm a nurturing action. So my spontaneous let's help everybody clashed violently sometimes, not violently physically, but violently verbally, sometimes with his blueprint knowledge that, you know, because the knowledge people, they're not, they're, they're kind of, they are so smart, they are so, um, that they're so, that they know so much that they tend to come across as being a little bit arrogant. That, well, why don't you know what I know? And and it was like, and once in a while, it would be, David, soften your tone. (laughs) Well, I was married to one of those, too, and it was really funny because I'm obviously a nurturer, and I like order, um, and and Lou was so brilliant that sometimes, though, I backed off, but I'm like, don't make me feel any, don't make me feel silly or stupid, because I'm certainly not. Um, right. But I always tease because exactly. she passed away too. I used to tease. I said, either you love him or you hate him. There's very little exactly. in between in those personalities. Yep. And that's tough. And, but one, right. And it's like once in a while, like I said, with my son, my, my youngest 
son. He is totally a blueprint. And when I did his personality code, we were sitting in a restaurant, and there was three or four of us at the table, and he was like, oh, this is totally me. This is totally me. And Kathy kept reading, oh, this is totally, oh, yeah, this is totally me. <laughs> and one of the things, so now if I want, when I want to see him, like right now it's COVID, so we can't, but uh, when I would want, when I want to see him, honey, then oh, Malcolm, do you want to do breakfast or lunch on Saturday or Sunday? Send it off, so give, send him a text. Give him then choices, he, let him plan it, right? And, but let him plan it. So then, so then he would text me back, okay, then we'll do Saturday. Fine, great. Saturday, we'll do breakfast. Okay, what time and where? <laughs> and then it would go. So this would take all week. But by the time <laughs> Saturday came, the, la- the last time we were together, just before the COVID hit, um, we got we got to the restaurant at like I think probably ten to nine because blueprints are early. So yeah. I you know make sure you're always early and early to them is fifteen minutes at least. <laughs> On time is if you get there five minutes beforehand, and if you are there at the time that you say you're late. Yeah, yeah. remember that about blueprints. So I would so I got there. I think I was there at like ten to nine. We were still there at ten after twelve. Because he had totally cleared the whole morning for mom time. Rather than me bringing something on him at the last minute and going, well, what do you mean you've only got 20 minutes? Well, mom, I've got plans. So it has just made such a difference. in, And he's an adult child. So uh, he's he's my son. He's in his 40s. Um, so, but can you imagine if you have a young child that doesn't feel that that part of them is being understood, like whether it's a spontaneous person, like one of the girls in our group, she was a, she was a twin. Her twin was a blueprint. She was a high action. They wow. never, ever, ever got along. Never. Until they, until they did the personality. And they looked at each other and went, no wonder we didn't get along. And now they have absolutely an amazing relationship because now they're willing to work with each other. Oh, that's why you do that. Oh, that's why you do that. It, you know, I'm just sitting here, and in my mind, all the, like my kids, my grandkids, my, my daughter's mm-hmm. dating somebody now, and there's some moments when she gets really frustrated. He's an engineer, and he doesn't like yep. to talk about planning, and she's a planner because she's a school teacher. <laughs> yep. Okay, so guys, you've got to talk these things out. And here's the tip. Don't do it via text. Do it Don't in do person. It. Right. Do the code. Do you, and that's one of the things that I'm having families do now. Hey, you know what? Do, a, do me a favor. And exactly what I said to you at the front at the beginning to crack their code, look at, look at the information on these cards. Put them in the order that you want to put them in. Because then we're, then we're going to be able to talk about what our differences are and what our similarities are and how we are going to move forward. And I do that with families now. And it has just been... Like oh 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 you know the, you see the light bulbs go on. 
be interesting it, with a lot of a uh, lot of families, you know, going through divorces too. It might be something that would be, yep. um, you know, yeah. good for a facilitator to or mediator to say, hey, let's do this assessment. Yeah. Of course, it might be too far into it. Right. I mean, I, if I'm you can get it before it gets to that point. Exactly. Get before it gets to that point. I'm looking at, I mean, Lou and I were married 26 years before he passed away, but there were times when I was like, oh, wow, you know, we really need to be talking about this. And the last one that you you did mention here with the knowledge person, um, which Lou was, he goes, learn something new together. And, you know, after being married for 25 years when the kids are already out of the house and you've done all those things, you're basically two people rooming in the same house sometimes. Right. And you have to learn something new together or the relationship is not going to stick. Exactly, exactly. And the things that David and I, we, we kind of grew into it. I wish I had had the personality science back then. It would have made my life so much easier because he would have understood me. You know, like I came to appreciate the planning part of him, um, and he came to appreciate the, spon- the spontaneous part of me. So we kind of, like we would plan things, but then we would do some, he would leave, he, what he, how he handled it was he would leave where he wouldn't make a plan for like four hours. So, hey, we have four hours. What do you want to do? <laughs> that, was his, that was kind of his concession to me being spontaneous, you know. And it was but like, then did oh, you as brother. a nurturer, did you turn around and say, oh, well, let's do what you'd like to do. I do that all the time. And she goes, what would you like to do? I'm like, whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we are the nurturers. We want everybody to be happy and we want everybody to get along. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I'm the one that and, took us skydiving, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, that's David and I, I mean, there were a couple of things that uh, we went, uh, you know, like we would go hiking, and that, that wasn't something that he wasn't, um, he liked to walk, but to go something really different, and like we went hiking, and we went to all sorts of, you know, fun places, because it was like, really, you want to do that? Yes. Okay, and then once we were there, he would he would get into it, but not something that he would have done on his own. Well, sometimes so you have a, to but, be uncomfortable trying to get comfortable, you know, or be comfortable exactly, being uncomfortable. Right. Um, just to right. well, nurturers I think do that too because you want to include everybody, and exactly. you want to be included in what they're doing. So. As long as it's not detrimental to their health, <laughs> it right. should be fine. Exactly, exactly. So, so you had mentioned uh, to me, you mentioned to me at one point there was something about five a five point method to getting your happy back. How does that work? With, yeah. is you know, that part of the code, or is that something different? No, that actually that that has been my journey. When David died, I was like I was sixty one, and I was just absolutely, you know, now, I now know that I was absolutely in the widow's fog. I don't remember the first year or so after David died, which is very common and very normal that you, you don't do that. But I can tell you the day I woke up, and it was like, okay, David has died. I have not. My, I have longevity in my family. In fact, my father, he was not quite 102 when he passed away. My mom was in her, her, my mom was 94. I said, okay, here I am. I'm 60, you know, 61 years old. I have potentially 40, you know, years ahead of me. What am I going to do? 
And right at that moment, I knew that I was going to be able to laugh again. I knew I was going to be able to smile again. And I knew I was going to get my life together again. However, I had no idea how to do that. No clue. So it was like, all right, what am I going to do? Well, I realized that I had to find out who I was. Who was I outside of all of the labels that I had put on myself all my life? You know, I was a daughter, and then I was a wife, and then I was a mother. Then I was divorced from my first husband, and I was a failure. Mm. So, but then I had to move on. Well, then I met David, and I was, oh, I was a wife again, and then I was a grandmother. But then I was a widow. Mm. Oh, now, and I couldn't, I, okay, now what? I've got to do something. So that, beca- that finding out who I was outside of the labels that I had put on myself became the first step of my, what has now morphed into my five-point method to get your happy back. Because who are you? Who are you outside of everything else around you? Who are you? And what do you want? What do you want out of your life? And that's a, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I I went through that same stage too. I'd be I'd be curious because I just feel like we're living parallel lives here. Now I wasn't divorced early on. I was, but I was widowed mm-hmm. at fifty two. And I that same feeling of you know my friend one of my one of Lou's friends said to me after he died, "Who are you?" And I'm thinking, I don't know, because same thing. I was a a daughter, a wife, a sister, you know, all these things, the kid's mother, you know, and now it's like, who are you? You know, because you're always described as, oh, that's Christopher's mother or Lou's wife or something like that. Now it's it's Barbara Ellison. It's Debbie Montgomery. Fortunately, now it's Debbie Montgomery Johnson, because there's another happy spot for me. Right. But keep going on with the five points because that first one is really great. Find out who who and we'll are come, you, and, and we'll come back and we'll come back to that. Okay, so the second step because you know we have been we've been brought up with all of our teachers, with our family, with the family norms, with our personality. Now I know personalities and that kind of stuff. Is that so? What are all the limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck in not knowing who we are, mm-hmm. and and to find freedom from those limiting beliefs that, well, who am I to do something new? Who am I to become, a, become an entrepreneur? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mother. You know, how, how can I start a business? You know, those, all of those things. Um, and those limiting beliefs for men, lots of times men, it's that they are so caught up in what they do that that's the only thing that they can do. And how often, how many men, and not, not women, men and women, how many people do you know that are in a business because their family was in the business? Mm-hmm. Not because they want to be there, but they, don't, they have that limiting belief that that's all they can do because that's what, they're, that's what they've always done. Yeah. So finding freedom from those limiting beliefs and I work with people to get past those and I give them exercises and getting in touch with the voices in their head that are telling them all of these limiting beliefs. And so because lots of times the voices in our head, one of the things I share with people is that 
85% of the things that you think every day are repetitive and 95% of them are negative. <laughs> so we need, we, we, we need to Pretty work depressing. on that. So we're, that's exactly. And so we wonder why, and so right now we wonder why the happiness level is tanking, especially now in the world. Mm-hmm. And especially now with the COVID stuff that's going on, people are just, because they are isolated, now they feel like they're alone that there's nobody around to talk to, and so now they are, they're, all of their own demons are coming to the surface, and they don't know how to handle them. Yeah. So we need, so I want to work with them to get, to get in touch with those voices in their head, because some of your voices in your head are there for a purpose. That we need to listen to them, absolutely. Right. So then the third step became, okay, so now you know who you are. You're kind of going along with getting rid of the voices in your head that are so negative and keeping you stuck. But then what, what's your purpose? Finding your pur- discovering your purpose. What are you here for? And that comes back to the what do you want? Mm-hmm. Finding what you want and then discovering your purpose. We all have a purpose here. And like for me, and so often for myself, when I was trying to find my, for years, let me tell you, for years, trying to find my purpose, I kept thinking it had to be this big, huge, monumental endeavor. No. Once I realized that my purpose, my, I have three, there's three parts to my purpose. I serve God. I learn. And then I teach what I learn. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And when we can get our purpose down to the very simple thing that we want to do, that just eases up the rest of your life because everything else falls into alignment with it. Mm-hmm. So then the fourth step, the fourth step of the five-point method is to make a difference in the world. So there was me going along. What am I going to do to make a difference in the world? You know, for me personally, has part of my own five-point method. I was on step four. What am I going to do to make a difference in the world? And then it was like a, a download in the middle of the night. Barbara, that's where your personality science training is going to come in. You need to work with parents and kids to get them so that, you know, the parents, there are so many parents out there right now that are so worried about losing content, losing connection with their kids. And part of it is because they don't have time because they're so worried about the first four, the first three things because they're trying to make a living, they're trying to be, you know, parents, but they're losing the connection with their kids. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, that's where my my step four is now, to get the word out there that people do not have to struggle my favorite saying is you cannot do life on your own. You have to do it with the people around you. Yeah. So let's learn how to communicate with those people around you in the best way possible. And in fact, right now I'm in the process of developing a course, and it's going to be for parents to get in touch with their kids. And so if any, if any, if any of your audience would be willing to do market research with me, I would love that to just do like a 15 or a 20 minute uh, of parents that have teenagers 
and just have some a few questions to ask and because I want to develop a course to do this and how to put personality into it so that they can they will have a blueprint of what they can do with their children. And so my step five is how to put all because that's one of the things so often for myself. I had I've taken courses since you know over the years you know, since, well, 2012, I've been taking courses and getting my certifications and doing all my training. And several of them were like, okay, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. But they didn't share how to do it. So my step five is that I am going to work with people how to put everything that I'm telling them in the first four stages, how to put it into practice. But, okay, yeah, it's great for you to tell me that I need to know who I am and I, that it's great for you to tell me to get rid of my limiting beliefs and you, it's great for you to tell me to, to discover my purpose and it's great that you're telling me to make a difference in the world, but how do I do that? Well, that's what, that's what the programs are that are, that are, coming, that are going to be coming out of how to, of how to actually put that into, into practice. So if people would like to work with you on that survey and you know, getting those courses together too and, and work with you in general, how can they get hold of you? Oh, they can just email me, um, barbara at movingonmovement.com and in the subject line, put down that they, that they heard it from here because I want to give you kudos for thank you so much for having me. Um, or, they can, or they can text <laughs> To, I have a text. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, they have a. I have a text number, and it's eight one five three four five two five five five. And they can put in their information and the same thing that this is where this is where you that you heard it from, and that to give me their name and their name and their information, uh, phone number, and then I will. You text them. I would. I don't text them back. I call them back. I will call them back and get in touch with them, and then we can go from there. And they can either do market research with me, or if they want to be part of one of my new program that's going to be coming out, that's awesome. If they want to learn more about how to use personality science, that is an awesome thing too. In fact, right now I will share with you. If somebody's interested, right now they're, they've got a one dollar, and you get. 30 days of using all the tools. So if somebody is interested in that, send me the text and um, say that you're, that you're interested in the $1, and I'll send you over the link for that. I think and that actually crack- came in when I did my, my assessment. I think that came mm-hmm. in a follow-on email. Okay, yes, yeah, exactly. But if, the, if somebody hasn't cracked their code and they want to do that, or just crack their code, and then it, then it shows up. Oh, yeah, it is absolutely phenomenal. And one of the things that I love about it, and I will share this one little thing, is the artificial intelligence. I use it absolutely every day. Because when I am going to send, like if somebody texts me something or, sends, or emails me something that, okay, yeah, I need to, I need to respond to this, I put, I put what I'm going to say back into this artificial intelligence and it'll tell me whether I have all four of the codes covered in my response. Really? It is so That's fun. interesting because so many times people misinterpret what you're exactly. writing, texting, emailing, you know, if they're not seeing yep. you in person and watching your face and listening to the inflections in your voice. Yep. That's an that's interesting. We'll have to check that one out. I'll 
Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll give you I'll give you one example, and I'm not going to name names, uh, but one of the one of the people in my like that I want to aspire to be. She's just very well known, and she's a personality trainer, not a personality trainer, but she's a a life coach, and she's just really she's a fairly famous person. Anyways, so one day I said, you know, I'm going to see what her code is. So I took some of the stuff that she had written and put it into the artificial intelligence, and it's like, oh, yeah, she's totally like, which is why I like her, because she <laughs> is my code. So, but then I looked at some of her marketing material, and I went, oh, but she's missing the two outside ones. So the things that she's saying is not addressing what they want. And it was like, so one of these days I'm going to get off my nerve. write to her her and say hey you know what this is what I do and it's like oh brother and that's that's talking about getting out of your comfort uh, getting out of your comfort zone so now that's something that that when I get and I'm as soon as I get my I'm having I'm planning to have my course ready by before the end of May so as soon as I have my course up but I'm uh, I'm going to that's going to be my very next thing and you can hold me accountable for doing that that I will you know connect with her and just say hey you know this is something that uh, you, you might you might you might want to think about well you know it's we very realize. interesting and, and I want to thank you for the five points and for and for the code information um, I work with an organization in in southern Florida well it's an international organization called scars which is the Society for Citizens Against Relationship Scams and we deal with a lot of women primarily around the world that have been scammed in some way typically in an online romance or in a relationship scam and I would be really curious to see if the gals that I've worked with took this test what the predominant code would be you know if that is something that we're susceptible because of the way we are and i know that to be true but i'd just be curious Mm because um i have Mm -hmm. dr tim mcginnis tim is the founder of scars is coming on in a minute and tim did his assessment and we're we work together and it's so funny because it's almost identically i mean opposite to mine almost completely opposite to mine which is really probably good in a working relationship if you understand that that's the way you are. And we laugh about it, too, because there are times when, you know, he'll do something and I'm like, why are you doing it that way? Or, you know, you need to calm down a little bit like you did with your, with your spouse. Um, but I have remarried, and my husband, CJ, is so much more like me than Lou was in so many ways. And yeah. it's interesting starting over, you know, in your mid-50s and 60s, that that's a nice place to be. I didn't. I didn't want the mm-hmm. drama that I had when I was in my twenties. Right. And exactly. I'm going to have CJ do this this little assessment too, and see where he comes yeah. in. And, and uh, oh, it is just so fun. And you know, one of the things that so many of relationships people get hung up on: how do I start a conversation? Hey, do the code. Let's let's see what the what, let's see what your code is, and it automatically starts the conversation. You right. don't have to worry about starting the conversation because the code starts the conversation. Absolutely, and that's what yeah. makes it so so. Uh, and like one of the things too, and when you're in a family, but when you're in a business relationship, how often do businesses fail because the employees and the management team can't get along? Right. Oh, well, let's find out. Let's find out. 
And well, that's, but, that would be something HR. Uh, the HR people love it because, like, lots of times you'll have a, a team that doesn't have one of the codes, like, and then the team doesn't function as well as it could be. Right. So it's just a, it's just a fun thing to do. Well, fun that's cool. And we could talk forever. This is so much fun for me because my brain is just exploding with, you know, who I, my kids especially, yeah. you know, who should oh, take yeah. this and what should they do? And then I'm like, okay, Deb, you're Everybody. not in control. But Everybody yeah. can do it. Absolutely. So um, thank you so much. And everybody, you can, you can reach Barbara. You can text her at 815-345-2555 and let her know that, you know that you'd like some information. Or you know, go to our Facebook pages. She's actually on Facebook. She's on LinkedIn. Look up Barbara Ellison. Well, I guess LinkedIn is Barbara Ellison on Facebook. Yep. We'll post all this on, oh. on uh, the Stand Up yeah. Speak Up. I'm hoping to change, be able to change my name back. That was so silly. I accidentally changed my name. <laughs> and oh. Facebook won't let me change it back. Oh, what a problem. I've had that happen. Oh, but I want to yep. bring Tim on for a minute. Tim's here, yep. and we usually do what's new in the world of scams. But, Tim, this is right – are you there? I am yep. here. Oh, I'm thinking this yes, is right up your me? line because, you know, we were talking about – um, manipulation and social engineering and techniques, and I'm thinking, how many of the scammers are trained in these personality codes? Um, I don't think it's so much that they're trained, although they're extraordinarily intuitive. They are. So one of the so one of the things that um, studies of this nature, models of this nature, point out is the predictable nature of human beings and different personality types. And that creates inherently vulnerability um, in broad spectrums of the population. It's one of the reasons why sales programs work is because of the predictability of, of behaviors. And this is used extensively in something called social engineering, which is the foundational science in almost all forms of human persuasion, getting people to do what you want them to do, whether it's buy a product, look at a program, go to the movies, buy a car, uh, participate in some activity, or for that matter, send a total and complete stranger in Africa a million dollars. This is all part and parcel of this science of social engineering that's been developed and evolved over the last hundred years to a very predictable science. It has its, its positive side and it has its extreme downside. Political hate is exploited extraordinarily by social engineering. The Nazis were absolute consummate experts in the use of propaganda and social engineering, and today's world of marketing does the same. Social media is one giant platform for social engineering. But more importantly, understanding the elements of your personality can be quite beneficial in developing countermeasures that you can employ in keeping yourself safe. Uh, we have very little time today. So essentially what I want to touch on is how a simple set of behavior changes can help overcome the tendency in your personality to be vulnerable to social engineering and other forms of, of active and passive manipulation that will get you in trouble. 
And it really comes down to something very, very simple. Um, the the uh, National Center for Cybersecurity and uh, Action Fraud in the United Kingdom call it Take 5. Here in the United States, we call it Stop, Think, Connect. What it really comes down to is a simple mechanism that when you see something online, regardless of what it is, whether it's a link in an email or it's a web page that is offering you something that might be too good to be true, or it's a stranger connecting with you in social media, Facebook, Messenger, whatever it may happen to be, rely on this simple mechanism. Don't act immediately. Look at it, walk away from it, step back from it, think about it. So in other words, stop before you act, think about it, and thinking about it may be more than just five seconds of impulse-driven decision-making. Step back, think about it, let time pass. Hours and overnight is even better. So if you've got an email in, uh, that has a link that's asking you to act upon it, don't. Instead, investigate it. Use Google to find the company in question. If it's an email that contains status information on your Amazon order, then just go into Amazon and look at your order statuses rather than the impulse to click on that link. So after you've thought about it, then act upon it. Research it first. Think about it. Modify your behavior so that when something is put in front of you, the nice shiny bobble, the link, the request, whatever it happens to be, take a step back. Think about what you're doing and what the potential implications are. If a stranger is contacting you out of the blue, 99% of the time it's going to be a scammer. If you get an email with a link in it, always look at the email address it's coming from. And not the displayed email address, but hover over that email address or click on the email address in your email client to see exactly who it's com coming from. Most email programs allow you to hover over the link to see what the actual underlying link is. If you don't recognize it, don't use it. It's that simple. This simple technique can overcome almost everyone's personality vulnerabilities and allow you to be able to take control. And that control usually, <clears throat> excuse me, usually is about giving yourself time so that you're not making a spontaneous reaction, regardless of what it is. Same thing can be said about buying anything. Give yourself time to think about it before you make that impulse buy, that spontaneous buy, whether it's a new car, a new boyfriend or girlfriend, um, or relocating to another city. Every decision that we make in life benefits from taking a moment to make a slightly more dispassionate decision about the action that you're performing so that regardless of what your personality type is, you can benefit from the knowledge that you gave it a moment, that you gave it five, that you stopped, thought, and then you acted. And that's this week's scam moment from SCARS. Thanks, Tim. You know, I'm sitting here. I actually took a lot of notes during that five minutes. 
And the Stop, Think, Connect, I mean, it would have saved me a million dollars. But <laughs> just in the other day, I was thinking, I was watching the show, it was, I think, the My Pillow guy, and he's out there all the time. I'm thinking, I might not need, you know, a new topper for my bed. Well, I look at the reviews. I, you know, walk away, you know. But the spontaneous person, I was thinking about Barbara was talking about, the spontaneous people would go, call that number right away, because people make things feel urgent, and you just want to jump, you know? And sometimes we just need to stop, think, and connect, or take five. I I love that that, uh, insight right there. Thank you so much. And um, Dr. Tim has been suffering a little from the virus, so we're wishing you best of health today, Dr. Tim. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my second week of symptoms, so I'm coming out the other side. Uh, mine was relatively mild, but it certainly jumped into pneumonia really fast. Oh, well, well thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show today. And, we, and again, we wish you best of health. And Barbara, dear, thank you so much from Chicago. Stay warm yeah. up there. Um, yeah, yep. I really appreciated you coming and, and uh, sharing with us on how to get our happy back, and I really want people I'm to connect with you. It's fun, and I'm going to send this assessment to all my kids. <laughs> oh, Can't wait it, to... is, it is so fun. It is so fun. Then one of the things that I suggest to people is have everybody do it and then have a family Zoom. Perfect. And just... it is just, it is so fun to hear that's... some of the things that have come out of these family Zooms. Oh, that's that's why you be crazy, you know, and yeah. Well, maybe I should do it with so, my brothers now because we all we're we're finding as we get into our sixties, you know, things that we did when we were younger and didn't tell anybody about. We're all talking and just yeah. laughing at what we did. So and, very yeah. very interesting. So I, we're going to have to wrap up. This has been a great show. I thank you everybody for being here. Um, this episode has been supported by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement that supports people with neuropathy. If you have any interest in that or know anybody with diabetes and neuropathy, please go to BenfoComplete.com. We want to thank everybody for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. Be sure to join us each Thursday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern Time and come back for our next edition next week. This week, find your power, stand up, speak up, and I love for the women to woman up. So have a great day, everybody. I certainly appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye now.